Hey, this is Louis from Ironic Glass, welcoming you to Cannabis Conundrum. Thank you, Louis. I'm your host, Desert Fox, and this is Cannabis Conundrum. It seems like after we did that episode with Mike and Imagination Glass, we had a lot of responses. It was a very successful episode. It kind of changed our world because we decided that we wanted to start trying our hand on a torch. So tonight, on Cannabis Conundrum, we're going to visit Louie and Mike's boss, Freddie, the owner and proprietor of Homeblown Glass. This is an episode that I know you're going to enjoy. We had a lot of fun with it ourselves. We got to tour Homeblown Glass, we got to see everybody in action. No fancy bills and whistles tonight. We're going to get to the interview already in progress. Enjoy the show. That Roadrunner is insane. What is... Oh, man. Is that Yoda? You guys... This is... This is different, right? This is not the normal... Do you guys sell these to dispensaries? or how did... Yeah, so that's what all that stuff is. Uh, like um, John Fishbach, who does... Well, that's what Gabe from the shop here. So when they're not... Some of the guys, when they're not on the clock with me, they can do stuff and they get paid art prices for it. So instead of the slave wages that they normally get from me, they actually make like, you know, two, three times more doing that stuff on the side than they make working for me in general, which is, you know, they're stoked about because it gives them a little side right. income. Plus it allows me to have cool stuff to sell at the trade shows. And uh, some of the other people like uh, Cherry Glass, they do a lot of electroforming and cool stuff. And, and that's from them. And then John Fishbach, he's another Arizona artist that does stuff with me and he, he shares a booth and uh, so he pays me in glass instead of cash because like most glass blowers he has more glass so then it gives me cool stuff to sell so this that thing out there the, uh, the that tip plugs in, into it in and here it's a road straw like a road runner but it's just a fancy that road is crazy and so and you're looking at i mean the uh, retail like the retail price on these is you're looking oh, at awesome. 210 dollars for for that I can believe that's a, that has shot. to be hard to make. I bet those are like hard. I mean, they take some time. Some of the uh, fancier rigs we've done before were these, but these are all broken. So, but that was um, cool. my lead guy, Aaron. He was like, I want to make more money. I'm like, well, you got to do something to make more money. So he came out with these, but they kind of look like that. <laughs> so I just never did good with them. <laughs> and uh, Gabe's wanting to make more money, so I'm like, uh, I worked with him on this stuff, design and style, just to, you know, so he can get on the lathe, because the more orders we have, the more he can be on the lathe, and he wants to be on the lathe the whole time, so we're slowly gonna build a line of, because, you know, it was, I mean, when I got, when I was blowing glass, I did it for hobby, but I got busted growing herb, and I had to, you know, it was like, oh shit, I'm, I'm either gonna have to get a job, we're gonna have to make my hobby a business, so I just made my hobby a business. But I didn't want to <laughs> do <laughs> water pipes or pipes, so I just did parts and pieces because I had a cannabis dealer's license from the state. The last thing I wanted to do was something I knew the feds were gonna come after eventually, which they did. They got uh, the Chills guy, and then a couple, four or five years later, they got Tommy Chong and that whole group of people, and and that uh, I mean that was great for my company, you know, because. We were always now you're under peeping the wire, your head and then suddenly, you know, I got tons of orders because they can't get anything, and I'm like still around because I was always kind of underground. Didn't want to advertise. Never actually advertised except uh, 
when they threw me in for um like um I got uh, like product promotions from the magazines so they would say oh we like your product you know let's do a thing you know do you want to advertise well not really but thanks for putting my products in there but uh, <laughs> don't but tell I just, me who I, I just don't advertise because it doesn't it's never never been that great for us yeah word of mouth is the way and mm -hmm. even all these magazines that have put me in and had uh you know i've never really got any return on it no stores have called me and say oh i saw you in the magazine or this and that yeah. so it's kind of like why should i spend <clears throat> money towards that if it, it doesn't really give a oh, return yeah. and now print media is almost dead and the idea of like uh yeah advertising yeah. well you were able to make their book bigger i think is what i think i gave them now well so, so like what, what i do like doing with media and you guys I like hooking you up with products because that way, you know, you actually get a product and hopefully you like it and all that stuff. And mm -hmm. also, you know, it's kind of like quid pro quo. I appreciate you guys giving us highlights or coming to talk to us. And, you know, I, I know it's good to be out there, but I just don't think it necessarily translates into like because i've had you know the magazines they want like i want 400 bucks a month That's and, and it's like 400 bucks a month you know i just i i think i could pay 400 bucks a month but i don't think i'm gonna get 400 dollars in, in, in sales in sales from it yeah so it's just that's kinda, just retarded people yeah, all so. over the world listen to our podcast so i mean how crazy would it be if someone from canada is like hey dude give me a program yeah. Typically send them to stores. We don't sell retail, so I try to send them to stores or online vendors, so we don't actually. So the stores sell there, so that then they need to order more. Oh, right. Yeah. But I don't sell direct, just because that's not. Okay. Yeah, I get it. Um, so, so where could people find your products in different stores? At any any quality smoke shop. Is where to find us. Just here like, in the valley? In the valley here, just any quality smoke shop will carry our product. If they don't have our product... Why? 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 Then you ought to question them as to why. <laughs> You're not a quality smoke yeah. shop. You don't have a roadrunner. You runner. don't have home-blown glass? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Most majority of quality smoke shops that know about us have us in. So like, I mean, here in Arizona, we're in... Uh, uh, paraphernalia boutique and headquarters and it's all goods and um, uh, sky high and, i believe we saw your buds glass room. oh yeah absolutely yeah, buds, 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 yeah buds. it's hard to keep track there's about 30 stores we sell to in arizona That's and awesome. some of them i've had as accounts since 1989 because uh, uh when i got into the game in 88 i met jack Herrera and started doing t-shirts and stickers so, you met like the Jack Herrera? Yeah, I, st I started doing the Fuel Paper Fiber Food Educate Yourself stickers and the free marijuana oh, from the Chains of Ignorance. Yeah. Yeah, all that stuff. The Wiser Bud, they put all that money for a partnership for Drug Free America and we did Wiser Bud stickers. Yeah. No oh, shit. I believe I have one of those stickers. That's pretty awesome. It's possible. <laughs> so, was there ever a moment where you're like, man, this is just too fucking much? I'm out. <laughs> oh, right, right when it first started, it was uh, the products we do. There, it was actually um, Ted from headquarters that was like, "Hey, trying to help me out. Like, hey, why don't you, why don't you do this stuff? You know?" And he drew up some designs, and he's like, "You make these, and you'll sell the hell out of them." It's like, "Oh, that's a great idea." So I did, and, and, and we probably gave away more than we ever sold. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. but it was fun doing it. 
And at the end of the day, a whole hell of a lot more people knew, you know. It was, uh, it was, it was mostly like, well, I started at the same time as Shay from Seedless, and, and he was more pop culture kind mm -hmm. of reference, but, I, you know, me and my buddy Scott Holland were like, Revolution Inc., let's, you know, here's knowledge for the masses, let's, you know, put this kind of stuff out there, and, uh, and uh, we thought it was good because most of the um, accounts we had were like normals, and uh, it was like good fundraisers for, for it because, it, you know, they get the stickers for 50 cents and sell them for a buck, you know, it's, yeah. you know, or more, two bucks, three bucks. You're talking about like the normal, AZ normal? Uh, well, yeah, the, uh, the first, well, there's, there's been three Arizona normals here in the state as far as I understand it. There was the one we did in the, in the uh, late 80s, and then there was the one that was in the 70s, and now there's the one that exists today. And that's the organization to... Yeah. Okay. They've all been like charter members, but three different people. Because I, I, I think the, the one that Bill Green was the one that I was a founding member of in the 80s. But the, the one that exists now, I believe, is a different... I don't think it actually stayed going the whole time. I think it kind of dissolved into nothing. Or But maybe, you know, someone kept it going. From, they have a monthly meeting every... Yeah. Once, but uh, for, the first month of every... First Tuesday of every month. Yeah, but I don't know if it was it continuous from when Bill Green left because we had a couple other people and then I kind of, you know, I, mean, I ended up almost doing five and a half years in jail for growing herb. Isn't that the dumbest thing? So, um, and I had a cannabis dealer's license, but I pretty much, uh, I mean, I kind of stayed away from all that because I didn't want to get any more trouble in my mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. Who does? <laughs> I'm just saying. From our humble oasis in the heart of the desert, you are listening to Cannabis Conundrum. Would you like to be a part of the show? You can. Call us at area code 575-914-2444. Again, that's 575-914-2444. From the heart of the desert, Cannabis Conundrum. We'll be right back. This is Skunky with Skunky Crafts, and you're listening to Cannabis Conundrum. Welcome back. Since we're here at Homeblown Glass and we have the access that we do, I feel like it's time for some product placement because one of the things that Homeblown Glass does is the slider. You need one. Let's let Freddie tell you why. All right, so um, basically what we did was we won two cannabis cups with it because we redesigned the glass blunt from the 1970s. Mm -hmm. You don't front load your herbs to your ash anymore. You pop the mouthpiece, you back load your herbs, never go to ash because it carves like a handpipe. You can now layer cake it with your favorite concentrates. And you dry pressed hash or keep this way, just finish it with flowers because that's your natural screen. Top it with the same press stuff, but now you can put your melty, oily, waxy, drippy, dabby, powdery stuff in it like a bat or a smoking ice cream cone from your lemon haze to your blueberry skunk to your strawberry kush. But the trick is sometimes you got to twist it to like to get it to move moving forward you know as you push it to ash it it helps a little bit to twist it but you can sometimes also just push it depending on your slider but the trick is uh, once you get to this point you have it's ashy here it's green on the back end you have that plug stop smoking and load up behind again so you never go to ash so you you won't taste like a nasty hand pipe it won't taste like shit you know it'll be fresh for like two three months straight until you're gonna have to soak it clean 
because the idea is when this gets a little gummy you hit it with fire don't grind your herbs just nub them up in there that pushes those resins forward and if you never go to ash the resins in here are like honey oil so, so it's constantly it's, pushing it so you're fire. constantly so you're always running it's literally the ultimate glass joint but that's that for you is and uh backload it backload never run empty because if you smoke the ash you pull ash in the mouthpiece it'll taste like Funk. It'll just get skunky after a while. You just want to clean it. But if you don't go to ash and you bat and you hit this with a little fire before you load it, it pushes those resin forward. Literally two, three months before you're gonna have to soak it clean. Or what I like to do is when this gets so snaky, turd-like, you know that resin builds up there, super thick, oily. I pull this off. I hit it with fire. I blow it out. I get a pipe cleaner and it's instantly clean. And the sleeve, this outer sleeve is mostly clean already because you've been doing that heat load method. The, the, this end does get a little charry, but you know, you can either uh, do the pipe clean or you can soak it overnight. So how do you put the oils in there? So, so as long as you have this loaded with herb, uh, ideally, I say the the more filter you have, the more it's going to cool your smoke and the tastier it's going to be. I mean, when you get down to the juicy bits, it starts to get a little bit harsher there. I mean, that's why you have this kickback effect. You can literally carve it out a little bit, but you can also just load up behind it. And that, again, gives you the space, gives you some of the cooling effects. And, uh, and, and because the smoke is going through all that plant matter, it's pulling out a lot of the, the heavier tars. So that's what's... The idea is if you push the cherry forward and you run that so you don't have to relight it, it's not going to burn up, it's not going to get so heavy in here and not so harsh. But if you run it like, like, well, and that's the thing though, if you have some chunks of hash, you really don't want to push those out because you'll lose them, they'll fall out, you might yeah. as well have a hand rolled. You can burn them on the inside. But once the, the hash is gone, you might want to push that cherry forward because you've built up that oily mass and you want to, you know, kind of run it Okay. a little bit more if that makes sense. Mm -hmm push it while it's hot mm -hmm. and, oh yeah and that's the trick too like when this is cold you don't really want to pull the mouthpiece out you can but it's better if you actually hit it a couple times if you always have that plug in there you hit it a couple times that'll help warm it so you can pull the mouthpiece out and this is the plug oh yeah this is a so it's like a stainless dip it acts like a carb a screen a spring oh and that holds it in there and it holds it together and this acts like a carb so just like a thumb carb on a hand pipe if you don't have that o-ring in there you're never going to get a hit as that this air is just going to spin up yeah. in here instead of drawing from it in. But once you make that seal, it'll draw in. So the trick is just, um, just yeah, smoke, 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 stop, load it up again. Did you see how easy hers, like, mm -hmm. slid forward? Mm -hmm. Like, his, his doesn't go as easy as yours does. His, you actually have to, like, you know, move twist just a little bit, twist it to get it to move forward. Okay. But um, but they the, both the, both the same things. Your might yours might loosen up as you use it more, or, or who knows. But there's that. That's awesome. I can't wait to try. Thank you so much. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the slider. Need I say anything else? Contact us at cannabisconundrum at gmail.com and we'll get you one. We'll make sure that happens. Cannabis conundrum. We'll be right back. This is Mike at Imagination Glass, and you listen to my favorite podcast. Those are vintage, oh those are from the 90s. Can I take a picture of these and put them on my Instagram account? You want to, yeah? Sweet. I just want to ask you before I yeah. put your stuff out yeah. there. No, I mean, they've actually, uh, I've seen them reproduced several times in several forms, but, uh, it's kind of like 
that's good. The more it's out there, because it's not like, I mean, the concepts were from the Emperor Wears No Clothes, the books, and you look at the later ver- versions. Um, well, it doesn't matter, but anyway, uh, so it was, it was like, I, I've never had a problem with them taking the leaf or the any of that stuff and promoting it, you know, making their own stickers or whatever, because that was the whole idea anyway, was to, to, get, to get the word out there. But uh, we did the working for president when, um, when there was a presidential election and we thought everyone that was, the choices were just disheartening. So it was like, well, here's this guy working that's actually doing something. Yeah, you know. they euthanize dogs that are uncomfortable. They shoot horses with broken legs. So it was just the idea was, yeah, just here's a guy with some integrity, you know, that's actually trying to do something. So fuck all these other guys. Kevorkian could president. We don't want to vote for right? any, yeah, and I, I figured if anything, Kevorkian could really help out Congress and the Senate. <laughs> he could put them all to sleep. <laughs> so it was kind of a joke. And then we did like uh, question reality bumper stickers, which were pretty cool. And, um, but, but again, I ended up probably giving away more than I ended up selling, and it was just kind of like... It's just a fun thing to do, and something to lose money on. <laughs> but you learn from it. You learn yeah, from I it. I learned from it. Learned that t-shirts and stickers are a hard game. And I used to walk into these smoke shops with those, and, and the, the some of the stores were just like, what the fuck are you doing? Get the fuck out of here. Who the hell do you think you are? Because... I mean, it's a smoke shop, and they can't have leaves. Like, some of the shops are really, you know, like... You can't even call it a bong. It's a water pipe. So, like, but a paraphernalia boutique, uh, uh, headquarters, and uh, the moon down in in Tucson were my first, you know, like, stores that actually carried our stickers and stuff, so... And then when I started doing glass, like, years later, I was still in contact with them, so... uh, So it was just a matter of... uh, selling glass instead of stickers and t-shirts. So, oh, and DJs was another one they used to buy my stuff. And, I mean, paraphernalia boutique is, I mean, they've been here forever. Yeah. That's probably the flagship, isn't it? They're probably the oldest the one. The oldest store existing. Yeah, they're uh, right, them and the moon are pretty close in, in the fact that they're still going strong. Mm-hmm. I don't know who their glass floor was, but um, about 20 years ago, I had this beautiful bomb that was about this tall and it was a color changing bomb and then it had a red tree frog climbing up the that shaft That was probably of it. Jerome Baker. Really? It was beautiful. It was a cl- it was like chameleon glass. Yeah, so the same guy that taught It was like ta- a $250 me, bomb. Dan Kay taught Jason Harris who became Jerome Baker, but the last thing I wanted to do was bombs, so, so I just did the parts and pieces because you couldn't get in trouble for the parts. Yeah, but you can get but in trouble. But you could get in trouble for the bomb, so we just didn't want to have, especially with the fact that I had the cannabis dealer's license, they didn't allow me to use it as a defense in court. So here I have a license saying I can do this, they want to put me to jail for five years, you know, and what's the chance of me, you know, doing a bong and then, you know, putting you in jail for another ten years because you did a so, bong? On so top I was of your just bus. super uber paranoid. So we just avoided, you know, the functional like um, pipes. And even though I mean, you know, parts and pieces are functional, but you just need the other equipment for it. And so we just avoided all the, uh, you know, avoided the hassle and also never advertising or anything kept us, you know, hidden. And there's several homeblown glasses, and I was never, I never had a problem with that either, because the idea was, you know, which homeblown glass? <laughs> you know, who, who are they after? You know, yeah. and uh, but homeblown glass in uh, California, they became HVG, you know, because I was already pretty well established 
you know, so it's convenient for them to just be HPG. But they call themselves Home Blunt Glass, but at the trade shows, I'm the, only, I'm the only Home Blunt Glass because I've been around so long. It's official. You suck. We got the .com too, but that's uh, used to be a Frank Zappa quote for like 15 years, and the girls just started working on it, so they want to bring it up to this century so people can actually like order online from us. That would be cool. But I've had the website since 1999. I just haven't bothered with it because it was kind of like I was still. Mm-hmm. It kind but, of scares you a little but, bit when they steal your freedoms and call you dirt. But nowadays it's like, uh, it's definitely something I need to do, but we're pretty busy all the time. So it's not something that I had to do, but it's something I eventually Hey, I'm Amanda Munchies, and when you're done checking out this show and you're eating your edibles, check out my show, The Bud Show. Cannabis Conundrum. We'll be right back. Yo, yo, yo. I just love the way y'all doing y'all thing right now, man. It's, that's just so much smoothness to your, to your episodes, man. Keep doing your thing, Cannabis, bro. Keep doing it. Keep lighting up that fire. Fred Flintstone said, Yabba dabba do. But I'm Lulu Island, and I'm here to say, Have a dab or two. With your hosts, Foxy Lady and Desert Fox, here on Cannabis Conundrum. This is Weed Perfect, and you're listening to Cannabis Conundrum. Just oh, get paid whether I'm working or not. <laughs> I got those guys out there, fortunately, that, uh, I mean, ultimately with the, what we are being a production company, I couldn't do it without these guys. I, I need them to. There's no way that I could. And especially the price point, since, you know, we're so low of a price point and stores, when they order from us, they order dozens to, you know, 12 dozen at a time. I mean, we, we uh, saved my butt a few years ago. We did a trade show and I had one store order $30,000 worth of product. And that's $30,000 with all of it being under $15. That's a And lot. so it took us 10, uh, every, took us three, three months to fulfill it. We did 10 grand a month for three months, but the city came and tried to shut us down. So here, yeah. So it, because it was right, it was when the stock market crunch happened, and all the the cities, the city were laying off people. People were losing their jobs. So the fire marshal came around, and he was calling his drinking buddies at code compliance. So we had to take a 1968 building up to 2010 code. So oh, we okay. had mechanical, electrical, plumbing, asbestos, you know, people out to rezone these offices because he, they were here when he bought the place, you know, in the 70s or 80s, whenever he bought it, you know, but they must have built this in the 60s, but there was no plans in the office. There was plans for another office and, and uh, uh, warehouse with offices, but it was in our file, but it wasn't, this didn't match. And so, you know, in the in greatness of the city, they're like, well, we don't make mistakes. You know? Of course. So, of course. So uh, our file probably wasn't in someone else's, you know. Yeah, it couldn't have been. Our paperwork. So we had to re rezone it and redo everything. So I got a nicer bathroom here than I have at the house. And if you got any cripple friends that need to take a dump, I got more like <laughs> safety rails to hang on to than they probably got arms to do it with. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I gotta bring it up to code for the handicap. Yeah, and, and but we're not open to the public. But I mean, the way I figure it is, 
you know, I, we jump through these hoops, we do this, and then we don't have, you know, anything to sweat. It's good. And if I do hire someone that's handicapped, now we have hired people that were somewhat handicapped, but it was mental issues, not really physical issues. So So they had no problems. So they get to the restroom. The bathroom hasn't been a problem for them. crazy is um you know the whole the uh, i mean you have the dare programs and all this stuff and i think it actually did a disservice in that it's teaching kids things you can get high on yeah and 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 they would have never been exposed to it if it wasn't for these programs that are saying hey look you can do this or you can do that don't have glue exactly so so a buddy of mine works at one of these these homes these group homes and they had this gang banger kid in there and literally that's all they did was smear poop on the walls because he used to have paint and it seems like if they would have honest honest in advertising and the idea of like with the drugs like if you see a junkie and see what their life's about or, or someone you know like on meth and you actually see what's going on with them and you're a little kid you probably won't ever want to do that stuff. I mean, but with the government, you know, equating it to being the same as pot, I mean, by lying to these kids, these kids are going to take these lies and not going to believe anything. So when it does come to something that's really hazard and, and, and like dangerous, and yeah, yeah, they're, they're going to say, oh, well, I don't believe the government because they are lying about this. They're probably lying about that. I mean, that's the way I kind of see it. It's, it's a, true. My, that's my, a good point. We finally found out that weed isn't that bad, and well, heroin is probably not that bad too. How about meth? My youngest daughter, when she was in junior high school, maybe it was high school, the Dare program, and they have were tasked to write an essay. The whole whoever you know in the, in their grade wanted to participate could, and she won first place and got two tickets to the Suns. The whole time she was smoking weed. Well, you know what, you know what dare, dare stands for? Um, what? Drugs are really exciting. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> they really are. That's really what it stands for? No. Oh, no. Uh, oh yeah, drug, drug abuse, drug abuse resistance, resistance, education. But, um, yeah. So, 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 but I mean, for me, I, I'm of the opinion that that everything ought to be legalized, regulated, take the black market out of it, yeah. take the crime associated out of it with the gun violence, the gang violence, the cartel violence. That's all a direct result of taking herbs you can grow pennies a pound and making them worth thousands of dollars. We had Cato Institute do studies. They looked at 2,000 years of recorded history. Hold up, wait a minute. And it turns out we haven't even been able to make bubble gum illegal and have that work without creating underground black markets because you look at some of these Asian countries and did they try it? Oh, they've tried to prohibit just about everything from alcohol to bubble gum. And prohibition has never worked in any case in oh, yeah. history well, it, ever. It brings everything from here up to an excitement book. Can I get away with this? Well, and it creates a profit. So you it again, does. you have an herb like Bill, Bill Green in the 90s said uh, we could produce cannabis outdoor at a penny a pound like broccoli. You know, a little bit more if you got light deprivation greenhouses and all that stuff. But just in a field, you know, under the sun, a penny a pound like broccoli. At that same time, we had black markets of up to $5,000 a pound for your really good indoor. Now that was New York and, and L.A., but wasn't too far off here either. Yeah. I, I remember um, I, I went back to Iowa for a little while and I think it was like two, 
2004, and and, and an eighth of weed was like 80 bucks. Wow. <laughs> I'll go to Arizona and get some ranch beans. Bring it yeah. back to Iowa and make a fortune. Well, you know, interestingly <laughs> enough, the the commercial Mexican that was coming up, some of it was amazing good and it's only because of the black market that they had to compress it and smash it you know all the shady ways they had to but if, if it would have been you know legal you wouldn't have had to, you know and that's again too like fbi statistics in the 90s were saying that eight out of ten overdose deaths were a direct result of black market conditions so literally they're saying that eight out of ten people are dying out there because of social policy that was dictated on politicians, not science. We had uh, Nixon who appointed the Schaefer Commission in 1973. He went against all the findings, you know, and he was on the Nixon tapes, you know, saying racial slurs about black people and Jews, you know, liking pot so much and what the hell is their problem. But some of that goes to the idea of private prisons. So the minute he coined the term drug war, we started privatizing prisons. And you look how it goes all the way to now. Now, instead of you know illegal substances, we got illegal people. The only reason we have illegal people is because they're making so much money. On the illegal substances. So, well, off of those, <laughs> no, off of those illegal people and those substances. Oh, well, they're, yeah, they're, like, they're locking the people up. And, and I mean, I don't know if you saw it, just in the news, they got a, another judge the other day that was getting kickbacks from these private prisons to lock people in jail. So when you make when you when you make uh, private prisons, you make it a, a corporate thing to, to put us in jail. That's why you see in the last 40 years the escalation of, of punishments for crimes, misdemeanors like Arizona. Arizona was a misdemeanor. When I was in high school, pre-high school, you could walk down the street with a joint and no one would even fuck with you. But they made it a felony here. Because by making a felony means they can put people in jail and, and those private prisons can make money off it. And the same with, you know, all these other laws that have, have uh, dramatically gotten worse. You know, payment is compliance. But there's a lot better ways to handle a lot of those things. And a lot of those things wouldn't be problems at all other than it makes economy, it makes industry. And so we have this society that's very, very predatory. I mean, you look at our criminal justice, you know, situation. It's, it's not about real justice, it's, it's about how much can you afford. Because if you have a really good lawyer, you know, and you have the money to pay for that, you can get out of that. And who, who says that, who's that benefit, you know? The lawyer. Yeah, it doesn't benefit the people, you know, it doesn't make it safer. I mean, when you have a herb, you can grow, you know, you know that grows for pennies and you make it worth thousands. That's what puts it in school. That's why kids have it in school, because they're making money off of it. If it was pennies a pound, you know, like at the grocery store, tomatoes, you can see a black market for tomatoes in schools. It doesn't happen. Yeah, I know, right? You know? Well, kids kids are, hey, dude, I got, some, <laughs> I got some heirloom tomatoes. They're fucking super. Yeah. <laughs> I got these beef steaks. <laughs> <laughs> so to make it legal today, I mean, it's just going to crush so many industries. Privatized prisons. I mean, uh, oh, yeah. The automotive, I, I, the, the textile, textile the farming. If you guys have any conundrums out there that we need to know about, please give us a call. You're tuning in to Cannabis Conundrum, and I'm glad that you are. 
My name is Patrick, and when you're done tuning in to Cannabis Conundrum, why don't you come on over and check out my podcast. The name of it is We Live on a Planet. We're going to just talk some stuff and things. Maybe we'll learn a couple things as well. So come on over and check me out. I hope you do. I look forward to hearing from you guys. Hey, now back to Cannabis Conundrum. You guys got a favorite color? I, yeah, I, I'm a green girl. I green like girl? Light, um, bright green. What's your favorite color? Black. Black. I mean, yeah. I, I was going to throw blue, but I think it's black. I'm surprised you said black because usually it's cold blue. So those are some uh, Roadrunners for you. Oh, wow. Are you kidding? Yeah, and you know how they work? That's freaking awesome. Yeah. So uh, warm the tip in the back flame, stay out of the reds. So they can last up to a year or longer. Yeah, put it on the very edge of the tip yeah, and, and way the at idea, the end of the flame. Yeah, way at the end when you first turn it on. Because if you have a big-ass torch lighter, it's literally three seconds. It's one second, two seconds, three seconds. It starts to change color. It's hot enough. If you have a little tiny torch, it might take ten seconds. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, you know, until it starts to turn red. and then. Yeah, I don't even like to let them turn red because yeah. it's too hot. Yeah. yeah. Damn, you were already thinking... I kind of want to buy one of those sliders. Now I gotta get a Roadrunner too. And your Roadrunner comes with this really cool little box to hold your concentrates in. It's really super dope. Hit it right out of the box. It's a great gift for anybody. You know, we'll ship anywhere. Yes, Cannabis Conundrum will ship you one. Let us know. Special thanks to Fred and actually the entire team for coming out and giving us the tour. It was it was a really awesome experience, and we can't wait to have. Freddie back on the show again. <laughs> Let's be honest. He's amazing, is he not? I told you you were going to enjoy this one. On that note, have a great day, a great evening, great night, wherever you are and however you're listening to us. Thank you. And may the 4th be with you. Peace. Cannabis Conundrum is brought to you in part by Anchor.fm. Have a great idea for a podcast? Download Anchor app to get started. In part by Weed Perfect, having a party? Your party can't be legit if Weed Perfect didn't roll something for it. <laughs> and also in part by Skunky's Crafts. From 420 and 710 accessories to furniture. When you need it to last, you need Skunky's Crafts. Also brought to you by... Morning Drive Without Caffeine from Rashad Sadiq and Rashad Radio. The only podcast in the world with Black Daniels Beats. Nailed it.